0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Hope Story Circle from the Peace Alliance and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion and connection. We welcome you today to our Hope Story Circle My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance and I'm joined to facilitate by Liz Gannon Graydon who is also on our board and Yelena Popovich who is our teaching peace in schools lead. And we are joined today by a special guest, Maggie Oman Shannon. And Maggie is an ordained minister. And Maggie, if you wanna unmute yourself, you shared just before we began that this is your
1: 11th anniversary of being ordained. It is, which I was reminded of through Facebook. They, you know, they do the memories. And, yeah. and uh, so uh, I was telling the New Yorkers here that uh, 11 years ago, I was at Riverside Church and a uh, beautiful space to become ordained as an interfaith minister yeah, 11 years ago today.
0: Well, a happy anniversary. That's exciting. That's, that's a wonderful day to commemorate by being here with us. I'm excited to have you join us today. And you have a wonderful story to tell that's very related to hope, so I'm excited. But first, we, before, we, before we start, let's have Yelena lead us in a meditation for just a few minutes and bring us in together. Yelena. Hello,
2: everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and whenever you're listening to this podcast, I just want to welcome you all, welcome you all here, and just for a moment, letting ourselves find this moment of pause. Allow the body. Mind, heart, and spirit to join in and just rest. Touching the ground, connecting with earth, and extending your body up. Sky being in connection both with the sky above and the land below, and for this moment. Just feel that energy go through you, the vastness of the space above and the vastness of the space below. allowing them to meet in your center and notice the breath just this welcoming Breath in and farewell as you exhale, saying hello, goodbye, and hello again. Perhaps choosing a word as you breathe out, Breathing peace, and as I breathe out, I breathe hope. Breathing in peace, breathing out hope. Any word that you want to invite in and send to the world, I will be quiet for a moment so you can choose your own word. And perhaps for the last few moments, just taking three breaths together as a way to connect with each other. It's an act of solidarity. Creating in. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, yeah, feeling the soles of the feet on the ground, opening to listening, opening to hope. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you.
0: Maggie, would you like to share your story?
1: Thank you. And first I wanna thank you for the invitation to be here. It's really a pleasure uh, to get to meet um, some of you and and be with all of you to explore this uh, concept that I love so much and really um, wanna thank uh Carrie and and Liz and Yolana for having me, and to uh, shout out to a friend of mine, Kathy Kay, um, who is the reason I'm here. She thought that this could be a good forum uh, to share some stories, and uh, so I appreciate Kathy that you thought of me, because I had not been aware of your group, and I I think it's such a wonderful thing that you've been doing. So. so I've enjoyed the uh, opportunity to think about hope and hope in my life and um, why why it is that um, I've been so attracted to it for so long. And looking back, I I realized that I've always been a hope seeker. I've always been a hope seeker. I always wanted to find inspiration to... Um, become more than I was. So for a long time, my impetus toward hope was a personal one, you know, hope that I would find a mate, hope that I would uh, do something with my life that, that felt meaningful. And then later hope that I'd move to San Francisco, which I now live in Uh, hope that I would have a child, which I now have a almost 18 year old who's going to be you uh, in the fall. And I write in the introduction uh, to the book I'm gonna be talking about that I was once told in high school, um, she she commented on all the mottos on my wall. So um, from a very early age, I was posting quotations that gave me hope or inspiration. And that line actually comes from a Dorothy Parker poem called Interior, about a woman who lived with mottos on the wall. And that's always been me and some of you are probably uh, old enough to remember uh, the big poster that i had on my uh, wall which was today is the first day of the rest of your life and that was just i loved that that gave me a lot of hope that any day uh, and every day we can uh, start anew so i looked for hope in different places i looked for it in my faith i looked Uh, for it in my original calling, which was as a writer. I was an English major and uh, so I got a degree by reading books and and was always looking in the written word for for hope, for things to give me hope. And again, it was a personal thing. It was more directed toward uh, my hopes for my life. I had one of my dreams come true in 1997 uh, when my first book was published. And that was an anthology uh, called Prayers for Healing, which was an interfaith collection of prayers, poems, meditations on aspects of healing, and all aspects of healing, social, environmental, physical. Um, The Dalai Lama did the foreword, so that was an incredible blessing uh, that I received. And um, with the publication of that book, my focus shifted. So it, it became more that I wanted to be a hope giver. And so that's where I put my focus and I became a spiritual director. Um, I became a certified life coach specializing in life purpose. Uh, Later, I became actually, as we mentioned, I became an interfaith minister 11 years ago and then uh, was ordained as a unity minister in 2014 and uh, still serve the unity church. That actually, Kathy, I think we met at that Unity Church. So Kathy and I met right after I moved to San Francisco, like in 1995, 96, at the Unity Church that I now serve as a minister. So just to show you the wild uh, way that that, uh, our lives can intersect. But hope's always been important, and I see it as being one of the three things that I hope to give um, through the actions of my life. Uh, as part of my life purpose, the word hope appears in it. Now, in trying to figure out what story to tell, what hope story to tell, it it seemed clear that the story to tell is the story about this book, which is my latest book, and I just got a copy of it two days ago. Uh, It's called Have Hope. The subtitle is 365 Encouraging Poems, Prayers, and Meditations for Daily Inspiration. And it is formatted exactly like my first book was formatted back in 1997, where there's a date for every year and then a reading for that date. Now I first pitched this book in 1998. So it was a year after my first book had been published. I was still in my 30s, I was in my late 30s. Um, I, I was hoping for my life. And it was interesting that through the years my you know my focus have sh- has shifted and in 2008 10 years later when i pitched it again by that time i was uh, a spiritual director i was a mom of a uh, 5 year old and i started having a broader conception of what hope could be about but both in 1998 And in 2008, this book was not accepted by um, my publisher. And I just was really stubborn. I I believed that there was a place for this book. And I especially couldn't understand it in 2008 because we had a candidate, as we know, who ran on the very idea of hope. There was this wonderful, um, Stephen Farley was that the artist who did that wonderful hope, you know, graphic of Barack Obama, and hope was part of the lexicon. We were all talking about it. But still, my publisher did not accept this book. And it's interesting to think back about that. It's like, why why not? Because, um, you know, certainly there have been other anthologies about hope. You know, Google it or go on Amazon, you're gonna see other collections um, of hope quotes. This was a little different though, because, I had an ambitious goal of finding a hopeful uh, event in history for every single day of the year and then using a quote that actually mentioned the word hope that would tie in somehow with each of those events. So it was a little bit more like a jigsaw puzzle of trying to put it all together and, and did distinguish itself from other hope quotation books in that way. But I carried this file around for 23 years. I still have it. You know, all the quotes about hope that I've ever come across. I've got an online folder as well, uh, both in my documents file and in my email. So every time I get a quote about hope, I I just filed it away. I just knew I was going to use it. And I stubbornly believed in this book. So 2020 happened. I'm now in my 60s, I'm gonna be 63 in September. My daughter, as I mentioned, is about to go to college. And my focus on hope has broadened, as I'm sure all of yours has too, to really focus on the world. And what happened last year? We all know, I mean, it's the reason why, you know, I understand that you came together. I mean, things looked very dark. And they looked very dark, particularly here in the United States, because not only were we facing collectively this pandemic, but we also were seeing things in the election cycle that we had never seen before, and that were truly frightening. And we saw in the horrific and tragic murder of George Floyd, and there was the unrest you know, in our society. Uh, finally, people were, you know, really woken up by having seen that nine-minute video. And um, the very foundations of our life in almost every arena just seemed to be shaking. And I don't know about you, but I needed hope last year. And it was very difficult, you know, I'll just share this personally, to be a congregational minister where people are looking to me, you know, to give them hope. And I'm like, hey, I'm experiencing this too. You know, I have no idea how to put these uh, pieces together because I was just as shaken up as we all were. Um, How do you deal with all of these things? And I will say that particularly I was shaken up politically. I I just never thought that we would have to question uh, some of the things that we did. So I bring this up for a couple reasons. One is to give a context for where I was when I was working on the book. And the other reason is because it became very, very, very clear to me that hope is political. And uh, as I, as I joked um, yesterday when when talking to the team, and and just will put on the table, if you read this book or if you look through it, there will be no doubt that uh, I'm a Democrat because so many of the hopeful quotes I found were, you know, presented by people who um, have worked for the very tenets of democracy that create hope. To be fair and to be partial, because my early career was as a journalist, of course I tried to find voices from every political affiliation, race, gender, period in history, profession, Um, and and so I don't want to um, I don't want to color it that way except to say that I truly believe that there cannot be any hope unless we have a just and equal society so that surprised me a little bit because that is a way in which my original um, focus had evolved through the years and perhaps that's one reason why
0: Maggie, Maggie, I unintentionally muted you. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. So anyway, I was just saying, you know, I, the book had gotten pitched and turned down, you know, in 1998, in 2008, once in 2020, and then it was accepted by uh, my publisher, another publisher in 2020. And that's what we thought could be an interesting you know, question is, what was it that made me so stubborn about this, about this subject? I mean, many people would have just thought, okay, especially given that time period, like, well, maybe there just isn't a book here. But I believe there was, and I, and not only did I believe there was, I wanted to do it. And this is my ninth book. And I'm very, very proud of this. And there's a lot of me in this. And so Kathy, who knows me a little bit personally, may pick up on some of the personal references. She may, she may see, you know, through the lines, um, parts of my life and why maybe I was drawn to a particular event or, um, or quotation. But I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I wanna say is just that realization that it reflected my own evolution as a person as well. And my very, very favorite uh, quote, if I had to pick one, I actually have it on a sticker, and it was from uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who said, we have to be hope. We have to be hope. You know, hope is not just a noun. It's not just a pretty concept. It's actually a verb. And uh, that's, that's what I hope people will get uh, when they look at this book. Um, is they'll find something, that there will be something for everybody and hopefully more than one thing that will inspire them or um, give them hope to work for the world they they want to see.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Maggie. Liz, Yellen, would one of you like to share the inquiry before we go to the breakout rooms? Yeah,
3: I would love to. And as I've heard your story for the second time, Maggie, I'm very much moved, right? We have been holding this hope story circle since the beginning of the pandemic. And what I love so much about Maggie's story is that her hope story is literally the story of hope and its role in her life. So I found that profoundly moving. Mm-hmm. And as I heard and took in again that you held on to that for 23 years, as we move into the, the breakout, Rooms, there are a couple of things that I, I would love for you to hold on to and bring into the smaller group. And that idea is: is there something, some idea? Something you know you're here to birth, something you know that you are here to bring in the world that maybe you've held on to because either the timing wasn't right or the conditions weren't right. And and specifically the idea, I love that you brought it here to a community. And some of us are new to this room but some of us are here again and again right and we really have established this very beautiful community with the purpose of hope and so as you move into the group right community sometimes gives us this sense of belonging and this lift that allows us to say out loud something that we've only kept us in our heart and i think as we go into the groups if, if we can be brave enough to maybe say out loud, once you say something out loud with a group of people that you feel trust and community with, it sometimes helps you imagine and bring something to the world in a greater way. So I guess the inquiry I'd like to frame is, is there something you believe in so much you've held on to for so long, it's inside of you and it's been percolating, but this might be the right time for you to bring it forward the timing, the people, the circumstances, everything's in alignment. And and if you were willing to say it out loud in the group and that we can all create this beautiful energy for maybe lifting it to a place where you can realize it in the world in this moment.
0: Wonderful. All right, I'm gonna pause the recording and we'll start it up again when we come back from the breakout rooms. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to see all your faces. So I'm curious to hear what's alive for people, what was discussed, what what you'd like to share. Who'd like to share? You can unmute yourself and share what's alive for you right now. Feel free to unmute yourself.
2: Uh, so I have been always curious about humility since my early twenties, and there's not a lot out there about humility and I don't have a book in me, but I don't know,
1: Maggie, is, is humility something that you've been looking at or, or anything? I think it's a good thing spiritually to always look at. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of literature out there on humility. No. I've been very surprised. Maybe it's your book, Kathy. But maybe. <laughs> maybe but yeah that's my passion is is humility and it's come back around this year so I'm uh,
2: gathering as much as I can to just learn as much as I can about humility so so my hope is a book on humility either by me or somebody else
1: I like that Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk or give resources you know, to you or anybody else here, but especially my personal friends. So if you need help, let me know. Who else would like to share?
4: I'd like to share if you don't mind. It's not off of what we talked in our group though. Uh, But what I heard um, the reverend say, um, I'm going to go as fast as I can, because I got so much to say. Um, When it comes to hope, I'm going to take you. You were taking it from a beautiful way. I'm going to take it from a very serious science way. And um, that is uh, there is a plant called Guausa, G-U-A-Y-U-S-A. And it's it's like tea. Um, it has a chemical in it that goes to the brain and gives you hope. Mm. And I have found it to really work. It is absolutely amazing. And you can find it at Whole Foods and things like that. Second um, is that um, suicides, um, they have been doing autopsies on suicides and found that in the pituitary gland, there is no serotonin. That seems to be a constant basis. They started doing the studies about 10 years ago. And uh, no, it's more than that now. It's about 15 years ago. And um, that there must be something there they're thinking that has to do with hope, serotonin, mm-hmm. pituitary gland, that kind of stuff. Um, third, I just quickly want to mention, do a Google World U- Unity Week. And this is the second year that they're doing it. Um, Basically, uh, they're taking major rooms, uh, letting organizations take these rooms run a program. They've gotten a lot of good attention. They've gotten about a million hits uh, on Facebook and um, uh, got about 500 rooms. Everything's been free to the public all over the world and incredible incredible things are blossoming out of this group and the rooms of the meetings are going to be put into a library so that you can go back and still watch them and uh the people the one person that you know the most that uh, has been uh, involved in this is fumi she's had a room for may peace uh prevail on earth um so definitely go take a look today's the last day but uh go take a look because the library will eventually open up realize new group so they're learning there's glitches all that kind of stuff but this is an incredible growing thing and i i can't even start to tell you the things that could be blossoming out of these rooms i it would go on for an hour Mm. so take a look thank Thank you you. so much Bonnie, for the time
0: thank you wonderful information would anyone else like to share well, either from the breakout room or something else that you feel inspired to share with the group, if I may,
5: yes, um, you may, Carolyn. Thank you, Reverend Maggie, for your beautiful reflection on hope and happy anniversary. It's a beautiful day. It's my birthday, so happy birthday. <laughs> hey. it's a beautiful day. Um, thank you. And uh, one of the things that uh, has always been bubbling up within me is I, mean, I too uh, am a life coach, I'm a grief counselor, I'm an educator. I, I, I like to educate those to discover what's bubbling up in them in themselves, um, especially around the, the, the pain and the suffering because those things are so difficult um, I shared in the group that it kind of r- arose out of 9-11. I was in New York in the city during that time. Um, one of my, uh, group mates, Laura, she reminded me it probably was a- always there, uh, but 9-11 was just that impetus to kind of move it forward, and I lost my life partner t- less than two weeks before that, so I had a lot, uh, of something to move forward with, um, in terms of pain and suffering. Um, not only was my pain and suffering, but in uh, grief. But then the city uh, was grieving as as I was. So there was so much to do, and I, uh, instead of going within, um, to just kind of fester and and sit there and 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 not um, help, if you will, I had, it. I had to help. I had to figure out how to move forward and how to move people to fill up their own empathy tank so that they can then help others, uh, in their pain and suffering. So, uh, and that brings so much hope. So, um, and that's, that's one reason I love these, these groups, uh, these, uh, sessions because of that, Um, It's always possible. And during the pandemic and after the pandemic, to me, it's, it's wonderful to see what's possible. Everything is possible. You can't say no anymore because we did it during the pandemic, when we were shut away, when we were locked up, when we were isolated, but we did it. We came together, we prayed together, we meditated together, we we were, you know, in community together and it's, it's possible. You know, I, I love that Audrey Hepburn quote, you know, the word impossible says I'm possible. So, and that brings so much hope. So thank you, Reverend Maggie, for the reminder. And thank you all for continuing to bring that hope. It, it just continues to give me hope. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Carolyn. Thank you for all of that. That's that's some beautiful little nuggets in there. So thank you so much. I think we're going to um, start to bring this to a close. I'm going to put a lot of links in the chat. Um, First of all, about the Peace Alliance. The Peace Alliance empowers civic action for a culture of peace. And our website is peacealliance.org. Our podcasts can be accessed through the Peace Alliance, it's Peace On Podcasts, and you can find the button there. We also have a major initiative called The Blueprint for Peace. And this is a wonderful way for you to let your elected officials know that you support policies around the concepts of peace building and violence reduction. So one little click will let all of your both state and federal officials know that those are the policy priorities you support and that you want them to take them on. We also are a, non, a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size, especially monthly donors. We like that sustainable income. Monthly donors are more than welcome. Also the calendar of our events, we have our hope story circles every on the second and fourth Saturday of every month at this time and our national monthly call, which Kathy Kidd hosts on the second Tuesday of every month. And there's some wonderful speakers and actions coming up. So check out the calendar events and there's other things. We have the department of peace building call and anything else that we have going on is all on the calendar. So please join us on the website and be part of our community. And we'd love to see you back here again soon. So I'm gonna hand it off to Liz to bring us to a close.
3: Oh, Terry, you can't even imagine. I was sending you energy with, give me a few extra minutes and you did because I knew what I wanted to say because of what Maggie had offered. And then because of what Carolyn shared, it brought this other piece in. So I'm going to try to weave them together. When, um, when Maggie was sharing about looking at the quotes on the walls, when I was a very little girl, I knew that I always took in people's energy. I was very um, aware of people's energy. And the three places it was hardest for me to be were school, church, and like any kind of mall because I just felt inundated and it was hard for me to separate my energy from the people around me. And I remember very clearly sitting in my second grade classroom and I was feeling overwhelmed and there was a poster on the wall that when I felt overwhelmed, I would study. And it said, the love in our heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. Right. And anytime I felt overwhelmed, I would sit there and study that. And I knew from a very little time, the same way Maggie knew her mission was hope, mine was love. And so I would study that and to the point where I asked my parents if they could please find that poster to put on my wall. And this was before the internet, right? But it wasn't an uncommon phrase, right? So they did find it. And I kept that poster on my wall. And when I was a grown up and became a teacher, I very much intentionally created the classroom and the messages on the wall. And I was reminded in the last few weeks, a former student reached out to me and shared something very powerful. And one of the things that they mentioned was very early on in my career, a student told me that they just didn't think they mattered. So I always created a board right inside the front door. And the first thing they saw was my message that said, what if you matter? what if you matter? And I told them, I used to keep the stapler on the board underneath that board. It was the first board they saw. And I said, if there's anything you create, a piece of artwork or a test paper, or something you're proud of, you can just staple it up here on the, ma- on the what if you matter board. But also I said, if there's something you hear in the news or see that you want to talk about, or you want your voice heard about, just staple it up. And, and after everyone left for the day, I would go to the what if you matter board. And I would see what they were interested in or wanted to talk about or wanted their voice heard about. And that's how I would start the next day. And so um, that was a really powerful and I intended to end there, right? With my one minute wrap up. But then as you were talking, Carolyn, the thing that came up for me was 9-11. And on that day, I was in that sixth grade classroom and I was in a store in New York, right across the river from the towers. And it was this crazy day. And as the day went on, people were pulling their kids out of school and it was this kind of scary day. And at the end of the day, my my husband came to pick me up with my one-year-old son. And during the course of the day, we got a message from a very dear friend of ours. He had been in Lower Manhattan and he had made his way across the bridge. And when he finally got to a place where his phone could be used, he let us know, he knew we just had a brand new, We had a brand new minivan because my father, you know, uh, I found out that week I was pregnant with my second child and my father said, you have this very old car. I want my grandchildren to be safe. And he had just bought us a minivan. Mm -hmm. Um, And my friend said, I know you have the car. There are a whole bunch of us who walked over and were tired. Can you come and meet us and drive us home? So I, we spent the whole night, we put as many people as we could in the van and we spent the night driving around Queens and Brooklyn and dropping strangers off, right? And I was talking to one young man, I, don't, I remember his face, I don't know his name, I never saw him again. And I said, my fear, and I articulated, right? I said, my concern is that there is a dearth of world leaders in power right now who understand how peace works in this moment. And he said to me, well, maybe that's your job. Maybe you need to do more about creating peace in the world. And that week, Terry, I don't know if I ever told you this story. That week, Oprah did a series of shows on 9-11. And one of them was a thinking woman's response to 9-11. And Marianne Williamson was on that show. And she said, we need to find a loving response in the face of 9-11. And I pointed to my, I turned to my husband I said, I need to be working with that woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was how I ended up, you know, j- finding the peace alliance and finding the connection. So I love that you named that, right? Like, and it's that idea if you just say out loud what you're looking for and what you need, that gave me such hope, right? So that connection of Maggie's story with your story, Carolyn, gave me such hope, right? That let's say it out loud. Let's think, what are we here to bring in the world? And then just look around you for all those opportunities. And so I hope in the next two weeks, that that is kind of my hope for you all, right? Let us put out in the world, what is that thing that's up inside us that we wanna name and name it, and then look for the signs all around you that will support where you need to go next. I am thankful to you all, I love you all, and I send you off with hope and love.
0: Thank you, Liz. Everyone, feel free to unmute yourself and say goodbye. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank, thank you. you, Maggie.
2: Bye. So thank much. you, Maggie. Thank, thank you,
3: you, everyone. everyone. <laughs> and thank you, Maggie, <laughs> especially, and Carolyn. And oh, thank you all. Happy birthday,
2: Carolyn. Yes, happy birthday, birthday. Happy birthday happy Carol.
0: Birthday. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.